You're listening to Tech Talk Central. This is Yanis Rizopoulos for Tech Talk Central, broadcasting from Athens Science Festival 2016. Today, we're leaving the Earth and we are heading towards the Sun. No, don't worry, we won't have our wings burned like the mythical Icarus. Yet, we are glad to have with us, in front of TTC Mics, Angelus Burlidas, a solar radio astronomer who is leading the solar section of the Johns Hopkins University Applied Physics Laboratory. Welcome to sit in TTC, Angelus. Hi, Yanis, and um, it's a pleasure to be here with you to talk about the sun. Tell us more about your job, Angela. Your love story with sun. How many years are you studying? Yeah, I'm, uh, I started with, this, with the sun when I went to the grad school in the, in the States back in the 90, out of, uh, out of chance. I, w- I went to the States to study black holes, but I ended up uh, studying something quite more exciting, I think. It's the sun and uh, particularly the activity of the sun and how it affects us every day. So my job now is uh, I'm leading, leading a solar section at the Johns Hopkins uh, Applied Physics Laboratory where we uh, design new missions, uh, participate in the construction, and of course, when those fly, we analyze the data and try to make some sense out of it. Is the sun still a mystery for us or not anymore? Uh, well, that's a good question. I think it's uh, every time we get more information about the sun, uh, it's becoming more mysterious because, of course, we, we, we uncover more and more layers of uh, the mysteries of nature. So, in particular, the last few years, the sun has become even more important because of the discovery of the extra, extra solar planets with their own suns. And therefore, learning something about the sun is not only important for us, but for looking for life elsewhere in this uh, universe. And how exciting is the study of the only source of light and heat for our planet? Yeah, well, it's, it's exciting. The, the sun, um, as I will uh, talk in a, in, a few year, in a few hours, I'll, uh, it's not just the, the, the green, um, I mean, the, sorry, sorry, the yellow ball that we see every day uh, outside, but it's very active from, uh, it can change in a matter of seconds to minutes to hours and, and of course, uh, centuries. And every change, well, we don't understand it. So we, we keep, we're trying to investigate why the sun uh, releases such big amounts of energy within a few seconds and why it varies uh, every 10, 20 years and affects, of course, the, uh, the life on this planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are observing and studying solar activity and the solar winds there, okay, all these years. Are you a kind of solar, let's say, meteorologist? Yeah, we're not uh, quite there yet. Meteorologists actually make predictions that uh, sometimes they come true, sometimes not. We are not uh, yet able to do a- predictions. We only respond to the, uh, to the solar activity. And uh, by our, our objective, at least for part of the, our community, is to, to make our science uh, so practical that eventually we will try to predict the, uh, the solar weather, if you like. Mm-hmm. And there are consequences of intense solar activity in our daily life. What are they? So the sun, uh, in, in short time scales, in, times of, in, min- in a matter of minutes to hours, it can release... Um, huge amounts of energy. We're talking about uh, billions of tons of material going with millions of kilometers per hour. And so when the material encounters uh, Earth and our protective cocoon, the magnetosphere, well, it, it creates a, a lot of uh, reactions to it. And that those reactions can affect uh, satellites, for example, that are out there close to the magnetosphere. They can affect 
they can increase the uh, dosage of uh, X-rays and gamma rays, especially if you, if you happen to fly on the poles at that time, and can disrupt, of course, telecommunications uh, across the world, especially at extreme latitudes, you know, north, uh, around North Pole, you know, Sweden, those places. How, how serious is that one? Because, uh, uh, of course, uh, we need telecommunications in our everyday life. Yeah, this is, uh, well, it's pretty important now that we all rely on, on cell phones and data coming through those, those cell phones. And so the, the, there have been cases, uh, of course, the rare cases, maybe a few, a handful of times over the last 10, 15 years that uh, solar activity can block uh, some of the cell uh, phone transmissions and uh, especially radar communications across the poles. Therefore, for example, flights cannot be followed as it has to do with frequency. It has to do with the frequency because the, the sun uh, disrupts the uh, ionosphere and so the radar signals don't bounce back and forth. Mm -hmm. So a, a plane could be potentially be lost as it flies over that uh, mm -hmm. you know, disturbed region. Mm -hmm. That's why airlines, once they, they, they are notified that something is, uh, is going wrong in the poles, they actually avoid the poles at great cost to them in their flights. Okay, uh, is it possible to take some precautions or countermeasures in such cases or is it completely useless? Uh, we'll, uh, we, yeah, we can. I mean, the most... Uh, uh, Precaution is that uh, of the flights? Of the flights. Uh, is the flights, the airlines, uh, even at the slightest hint, they devi deviate the planes from the poles, but that costs them about $100,000 per flight. The, uh, the electric grids up in the north, uh, northern countries can uh, distribute the electricity differently because if they, they burn a transformer, that will be lights out for, for weeks. And uh, so, but this have a lot of cost, you know, we're talking millions of dollars. So they really need, this, these people, they really need to know for sure that uh, an impact from the sun will really be so, so huge to have, uh, for them to take uh, precautions. And that's exactly where we are at this uh, point, we're in this, gray area which, where we don't really know what the sun is doing, but we know that it's doing something and we, at the moment we cannot really be sure when to take measures. By the results. Yeah. Okay. Could you tell us more about the projects you and your team are running at Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory? Yeah, of course. Uh, so we try to, to, to figure out how we can best predict how the, uh, impactful will be a solar explosion. And for that we really need to find what is the magnetic field inside those explosions. And this is our, uh, if you like, uh, our uh, big unknown. So at, uh, at the lab, we're trying to develop a new instrument uh, called the magnetograph, where it will be able to measure the magnetic field in multiple layers of the atmosphere simultaneously, which is impossible right now. And if we can uh, have that instrument and work successfully, we, try, we, we will launch it from a balloon in Antarctica. Uh, it will fly for a, for a few weeks so we can have a chance to see an explosion. Then, uh, if we prove to the community that this technique will work, then, of course, we will deploy a, a much bigger satellite that will monitor this magnetic activity and hopefully improve the models and predictions. That's, uh, okay, and, and I want the last question. What is the next frontier in the study of SUN? Well, the next frontier, at a, uh, in a few years, in two years, uh, one of the missions that I'm uh, working on a, on a telescope will launch and will actually send a spacecraft almost well, inside the atmosphere of the sun, a few million... For the first time. For the first time ever, it will be the, the mankind's first mission to, to a star. And so we will actually enter the atmosphere of the sun multiple times over the course of seven years. Hopefully we're not going to get burned, and we will actually measure 
the fields uh, in the outer atmosphere directly, and in the combination of the instrument that I just described, we might actually get a bigger, uh, a complete picture. And then after, this is now, of course, uh, already a, pro a project in progress. The next real frontier is to go on the poles of the sun. Actually, win the, uh, the solar gravity, leave the ecliptic plane where all the planets are, and somehow launch a spacecraft in orbit in the poles, and finally see what is going on there. We, don't, we have no idea at the moment. Okay, okay. Angelo, thank you very much for all this wonderful information about Sun, which is less secret for us anymore. Yeah. This is Yanis Rizopoulos for Tech Talk Central. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.